Blog Talk Radio. Hello, you're listening to the Clear Money Program's online radio show. I'm your host, Sara Kurth, Community Relations Coordinator at Denver Community Credit Union. Denver Community is a not-for-profit financial institution serving the people of Denver, Arapahoe, and Adams Counties. On this show, I'd like to welcome Mr. Carlos Colon, a personal finance coach at Empowered. Empowered is a nonprofit resource for individuals and families in Colorado who want to learn about money management and participate in coaching to achieve their personal definition of financial success. Today we'll be discussing what options are available to you if your student loans are in default. Hi, Carlos. Thank you for joining me. Good afternoon, Sarah. It's a pleasure. Could you please start off by telling us a little about yourself and what you do at Empowered? Sure. So I work for Empowered. It's a nonprofit organization which um, dedicated to financial education and literacy. I work as a financial coach, so I help with people with uh, from everything from building budgets and maintaining them to creating savings, uh, paying down debt, uh, credit analysis, and student loans. Um, I also serve as the financial education program coordinator, so build content and teach our classes. That's great. So what does it mean exactly that you are in default on your student loans? Is it the same as being delinquent? So being in default and being delinquent are two different classifications um, with different consequences. When you're delinquent, your loans haven't yet gotten to that point of being in default. Um, So they're still with the original servicer and they're still expecting uh, to make up for that payment. Um, one way to make up for that payment is to request a retroactive, either a forbearance or a deferment. So it makes it so that you, in practical terms, were never required to make those payments to begin with. But you have to go through the process of requesting that uh, retroactive deferment or forbearance. Um, and we have a limited amount of deferment or forbearance that we can take. So you're using it towards your past in turn, instead of towards your future. Okay. Being in default... Usually, depending on the type of loan, it can be 90 days to 270 days. It varies with the type of loan. And in that case, the, the reporting changes on the credit reports, and it also goes off to a different service or a collection agency. Okay. And so what immediately happens when your student loan goes into default? You mentioned that it goes to the credit bureau, and then it switches from the servicer to another servicer or a collection agency, but what consequences does it have for you as a borrower, I guess? Well, your your credit score goes down because now there's a default notation on your credit report, so that's uh, one way that consumers get affected. Mm-hmm. Also, you're no longer available or you're no longer eligible for student aid through the federal government. So you've got to get your loans out of default before you become eligible again. Okay. And then who should you contact if your student loan is in default? So when your student loans are in default, um, it usually helps to get in contact with the uh, Student Loan Debt Resolution Office. Mm -hmm. It's important to understand, though, that they are just another servicer, and they may not have all your loans yet. So if you have other loans in default, you might want to check with them to see if they have everything, but then check with your other servicers to see um, if you have to work directly with them or if they're going to pass them over to the to the default resolution office. Um, if you're delinquent, then you want to communicate with your original servicer. Okay. 
So you communicate with your original servicer if it hasn't gone into default yet and moved to another servicer or a debt collection. And do private student loan servicers also have a default resolution type of office, or is the process different if you're not dealing with federal That is a great question. I'm sorry I didn't clarify that initially. I'm referring specifically to federal student loans. Private loans are going to depend on your contract and the process that they put forth in that contract that we mm-hmm. sign when we take out the loan. Um, so there isn't a set process. It's going to vary from lender to lender. Okay. And so what options are available to people whose federal student loans are in default? When they call that um, office, what kind of options can they expect? Yes. So there's, a, there's two ways for getting out of default. Um, and I'll try to explain the, the pros and cons to each. Um, you can consolidate out of default. In other words, you take out a new loan to pay off the loans that are in default. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very good for consumers that are in a big hurry. It takes about three months to consolidate out of default, uh, typically speaking. Um, but it's not going to take the default notation off of your credit reports, and it can add up to an 18% to your balance. So whatever your balance was, you can expect to have a higher balance when you consolidate out of default. So it's more expensive and it doesn't help your credit as much, essentially, but it's much quicker. Then there is a student uh, rehab process or rehabilitation, student loan rehabilitation. Um, It takes 10 months, during which time you have to make nine out of 10 payments uh, on time. The payments are going to be based on income-based repayment options, so they're going to be very low, and you can negotiate that payment as well. Once you're, I forget the exact timeline, but once you're three to six months into the rehabilitation process, you become eligible for student aid again, so you don't have Mm -hmm. to complete the full process before you become eligible. And once you complete the process, then a servicer picks up your student loans and you enter repayment without adding any balance to your student loans. And the default notation is taken off of your credit reports. So I've seen improvements in credit after going through rehabilitation from 22 to 30 points. And we recently saw one which had a 60-point increase, which was quite extraordinary. Absolutely. And as far as, are you ever able to go back to the same loan repayment option you had before you defaulted or um, were delinquent in the first place, or are your options different once you go from default to trying to repay your student loans? No, the, the, the options are the same, and we can choose an income-based repayment option, and, and they usually lead you towards that after coming out of rehabilitation. Okay. To make sure that you're able to to keep up with the payments. And so, what are the consequences if you keep your student loans in default? You don't try to do rehabilitation or consolidation, and you just stop paying them and don't well, just kind of ignore them. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great question. So, your credit continues to to be downgraded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very, it's going to be very hard to get any kind of credit, at least any major credit like car loans and, and especially mortgages. Um, the federal government, because these are federal uh, loans, they can garnish our um, our IRS refunds. Mm-hmm. They can garnish Social Security. So we we are seeing more and more seniors whose Social Security, which is a small part a small income is being garnished because they have student loans that are in default. 
Um, so any kind of federal benefit can be garnished um, because of student loan default. And that's in addition to your wages, what would be your normal paycheck as well, right? Yes, potentially. Okay. And then So but I make that difference because private lenders cannot garnish your your public benefits, right, or federal benefits, but the federal government can. Right, they have special privileges <laughs> mm -hmm. to take more of your money. Um so how yes. would you And they never they never I'm sorry to interrupt you. Okay. <laughs> um the they never expire. So the student loans that are in default will continue in default until you take care of them. So they continue to report on a monthly basis on your credit reports. Yes, there's damaging no statute your credit. of limitations. There's no statute of limitations on their collecting. And typically, are you able to discharge student loans in a bankruptcy filing? That is very difficult to do. Mm -hmm. It's so difficult that most people, including attorneys, refer to it as not being possible. Okay, so it's typically very, very, very unlikely. And so how can you avoid having your student loans go into default in the first place if you know you're going to be unable to make a payment on time and you're maybe not even delinquent yet, but you mm -hmm. can foresee that an issue is going to arise? What would you recommend people do? Yeah, so the first thing is to communicate with your servicer. It, that never hurts. It's not always pleasant to talk to our servicers, right, mm -hmm. uh, or to our, our creditors, but it, it tends to be much better if we do. Um, when we talk to our servicers, we learn that there are other options. If we cannot make payments, um, we may likely uh, qualify for an income-based repayment option, which for a lot of uh, consumers may be as low as $0. Mm -hmm. In other words, we continue being reported as paying on time as agreed. It's just that our agreement is to pay $0. However, if a consumer or borrower is not eligible for an income-based repayment, then there's the um, options like deferment or forbearance. And these are options where the agreement is that you don't have to make payments during that time period. Um, it's important to understand that that doesn't mean that you no longer have the loans, and the loans continue to accrue interest, but you're not obligated to make payments. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And we do okay. also have a um, program that we recorded together that I will put a link to in the description that is about um, income-based student loan repayment options as well as non-income-based re op uh, repayment options. So listeners, please feel free to check either of those out for more information. And thank you so much for your time and expertise, Carlos. Could you please share your contact information so that listeners can reach you if they have any questions? Absolutely. So. Any listener can call us at our office. That's 303-233-2773, and that's our Lakewood office. Um, and I can also be emailed at carlos at empoweredcolorado.org. Great. Thank you again. Uh, feel free to visit studentaid.ed.gov for more details about student loan repayment plans and defaulting on your student loans. Follow Denver Community on Twitter or Facebook for personal finance tips and community news. Our website is denvercommunity.coop/education. Thanks for listening.